0: Welcome to the Satellite and New Space Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the Satellite and New Space team at NUCO, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Satellite and New Space Matters podcast. Your host today are myself, Andrew Bull, and I'm joined by Katja Schmelding, and we are both consultants in NUCO's Satellite and New Space team. And today, we're delighted to be joined by Adeline Pretois, Head of Sales at Latitude. Um, so Adeline graduated in international commerce from business school in France. Uh, she then began her career at the Ariane Group, where she utilised her skills as a sales and contract manager for Ariane 5 and later as a business developer for the Americas. With a decade of experience at the Ariane Group, she established herself as a key player in the aerospace arena. In 2018, she extended her journey by joining SACA, where she took on the role of European Sales Director, further solidifying her impact on the industry. Then later in 2022, Adeline embarked on a brand new chapter as Head of Sales at Latitude, where she continues to shape the future of business development in the ever-evolving world of aerospace commerce. Welcome to the show, Adeline. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Katya. Pleased to see you.
0: Well, as we say, thank you so much for joining us today. we always like to get started in pretty much the same way um, and we always love to ask people these questions. Um, we've kind of discussed it a little bit in your bio but always good to hear directly from you. How did you first get into the satellite and space industry?
1: Wow, um, that's, I, I was not supposed, you know, to to work in the space business. I, I mean, um, I could not say that it was a dream when I was a kid or something like that, but I started to work uh, in the aerospace industry. First, I did my some uh, internship at Airbus in Airbus Group. Uh, so at the beginning, it was on planes and I really, really loved it. You know, I really appreciated to work in this industry. Um, And then I realized that maybe it could be interesting to, to, to start and to, to have a career in that domain. Uh, but it was a difficult time at Airbus, you know, it was a time it was in 2006 and they had some difficult uh, period with the development of the with the A380. And it was not so easy to find a position at that time. So uh, I start to, to see in the Airbus group. So it was called at, at the time um, Astrium Group, uh, EADS. And uh, this is how I was contacted by uh, Limuro, uh, which was called EADS Space Transportation. And uh, and I applied for a job, and I say oh, let's let's try. And uh, I will see it uh, if I, I can make it. And I started with a six-month position, and uh, it was 17 years ago. <laughs> and at the beginning, you know, I was in Lyon, and I say okay, never and never I will uh, go and live in Paris. I will never do it. And then I
0: would say, okay,
1: <laughs> I will start six months, and then I will come back to Lyon, because really I want to stay in Lyon, and uh, yeah, 17 years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so well, I look,
1: and, you, and, and yeah,
0: you, you must enjoy yourself there. If it's been 17 years and and you still haven't managed to tear yourself away,
1: yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, and you know when you start in this industry at first you say okay I don't know anything about this industry and uh, y- you learn a lot and in the end now I said okay I cannot work uh, in another industry than this one because it's really <laughs> kind of patient. And uh yeah, it's really a nice, nice industry and nice domain.
0: Uh, look, I I'm always amazed. Um, I think I think more people than not that we speak to on the podcast said something very similar to you, that it wasn't really their dream when they were younger. Um, and I think certainly for for the listeners of the podcast, you know, that's a it's a really interesting sort of way into the industry because I think most people automatically assume. Everyone as a young child is running around wanting to be an astronaut or wanting to be a rocket scientist. But actually what's fantastic is that people kind of stumble into the industry. And what's I think even better is once people are in, they never seem to leave. Um, It it seems to kind of get its grip on you and and kind of keep you here. So um, look, really, really kind of great to hear your, your story about getting into the industry and Let's kind of stick with you and and your career just for a little bit longer. Um, I know Katia's got a few questions that she's dying to ask you about that. So I'll I'll pass you over to Katia.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Um, So we'll start off with what I hope is an easy one. Uh, Who or what has been the biggest influence on your career? Um, I would say that uh, I
1: was... um... I was lucky to meet uh, a very, very uh, good manager uh, when I was working at Iron Group. That really changed my mind uh, on, um, how could I say, on a question of management. Because, you know, at the beginning, we say, okay, in your career, it's not, it was not for me like an objective to become a manager, to manage a team. And when I met this guy, I said, wow, I see things differently. I see now management differently and how I can help people Growing in, growing in their job, and becoming someone, and uh, and discovering new things, new opportunity, new job, and helping them to develop in their position. And uh, yeah, I think he was really uh, someone really inspiring uh, for me, uh, and really helped me to, to see things differently, especially in terms of uh, business development. Because at the beginning at Iron Group, I was mainly what we can call a sales and contract manager, meaning that you already. Have the contact and the customers uh, in your portfolio you do not have the action to find new customers and these managers also helped me to to start from nothing to start from a blank page and say okay now let's go and uh, you will uh, you will uh, develop your business from from nothing and uh, at the time I was working on uh, Americas so mostly in the US so it was not really easy because uh, working in space domain uh, with the US is very difficult when you come uh, being Yarian Group and being a French person but I I learned so many many things and I think thanks to 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 this manager that I became uh, what what I am now
2: that is yeah really reassuring to hear and really incredible I think having a good manager is something that people don't often give enough credit for um it can really make or break not just a job and a certain position but a whole career can yeah. really change a perspective and grow a person and into you know their full potential. So, yeah, really pleased to hear that experience for you. Um, okay. So sticking on the themes of you know your your career so far. Um, what achievement are you most proud of? Um, achievement. I think um,
1: the 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 different position I had and uh, the 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 choices I had to 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 made each time because it's not always to to change a position. Uh, because uh, you sometimes you are comfortable in uh, in uh, in your job and uh, uh, for example in business development uh i was very i was uh, very happy because i i succeeded to develop a lot of contacts a, a huge network in the us and at, at the end it start to be you know it start to be easy because you know a lot of people and it is easy to do it but you need to say okay you need to do something else now and you need to continue uh, your road and discover something else and try to to capitalize on what you learned in the past but have some difficulties you know and uh, so yeah the, the the network also i developed in this industry is really something yeah i i, I i'm happy to 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 succeed in this
2: uh, in this and uh, and yeah i'm sure that network is key to a lot of your success and hopefully um you guys at Latitude will thrive having somebody like you at the helm um, of business development and sales. Um, okay, fantastic. And moving into the future, then, um, what are you excited to happen for next for, for you and Latitude in your career? Uh, so, I think
1: working uh, for Latitude is like a, a, a big challenge, and uh, in the future, uh, I, I will be happy to see uh, the company growing. Uh, developing the 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 micro launch vehicle Zephyr and uh, and succeeded in uh, in its uh, international development, international uh, sales development. Yeah, I think uh, this is my my at least it's my objective for the future. Yeah, seeing the company growing uh, growing and uh, and uh, encountering a lot of success
2: in the space uh, in the space uh, business. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and that actually brings us really nicely to our next topic. So I'll hand over to Andrew.
0: Thanks, Katia. So yeah, uh, on each episode, of course, we like to focus on a particular topic that matters not just for the industry, but also one that we know will be close to uh, our guest's heart. And um, we wanted to take advantage uh, of of having you you on the show today, um, working with one of the most exciting light launch providers in the market right now um so we wanted to kind of dive into you know what are some of the advantage of, of using these type of launcher systems you know compared to the more traditional kind of market alternatives that, that are out there um so to get us started we wanted to ask you know why should a, a small sat um kind of satellite operator or constellation operator choose a dedicated small kind of light launch provider like latitude, um, rather than working with some of the larger providers on kind of ride share agreements and, and things like that, w- what is it about latitude um, that you think kind of really speaks to those uh, small sat operators?
2: Well,
1: um, ride share, ride share uh, programs are very good if you are you know at the very big uh, at the very beginning of, of your uh, deployment or if you are uh, um, in your IOD phase. But uh, dedicated launches will. Allow you to 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 optimize a lot uh, your constellation, your constellation deployment, because um, it will help you to to deploy in a faster way uh, your constellation. So in the end, uh, it it's a question of uh, of revenue also, uh, which is really important when you start to deploy uh, your your business and your constellation. Uh, also, you will you know it's all a question of managing your own uh, launch solution you do not need to share it with other and to be ready at a certain time because the other are already and the, if you are there they, they go with you if you are not they go without you and uh, you are not constrained by other you are not constrained by specific orbit they decided to 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 uh, for you uh, so you, you manage I think is really to be to be sure that you can manage your own project and it's really important because when you when you develop a constellation uh, program, uh, you you wish to manage it from the beginning to the end, and you do not intend to have part of this deployment not under control. And this is what uh, dedicated launches can offer you. You mean it's not um, it's not uh, you know it's very competitive compared to compared to a program because people. Very often think that okay, if I buy my own launch solution, it will be very expensive because the thing is the old way when uh, we had only very big, heavy launch uh, launch vehicles, and uh, it was very very costly to 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 have one only for you, and it was reserved only for for a huge satellite. Yeah. Um, now, if we you know now we always speak of total cost to orbit. Meaning that, yeah, for sure. And something I I really, uh, I try to change uh, the way people think about it is the price per kilo. Price per kilo for me is really something that is not, um, how could I say, Um, you cannot compare, you know, the different solution using the price per kilo because you have only part of the price when you do that. What is interesting to compare is what we call the total cost to orbit, meaning that it starts, in fact, from the ground when your satellite is ready on the ground, and it ends when your satellite start to operate in space. And if you take all the costs related to, uh, to uh, your constellation or the way you will put your satellite in orbit, then you realize that even with a dedicated launch solution, it's really competitive compared to a rideshare solution. And so, yeah, this is this is really something that right now it's, a, it's like it's new. It's like a market creation. So people say, okay, it's launch vehicles and it's not so new. Yeah, it's new. It's a market creation because this is something nobody can do that right now because we do not have that Type of solution, except with uh, with Rocket Lab, which is currently operating on that market. So people need to change a little bit the way the, the way they see things and the way uh, they see dedicated uh, launch solution to consider that okay now I am totally free to do what I want with the launch solution and to design one hundred percent of my constellation without any constraint uh, from uh, from uh, from the launch services.
0: So yeah, and I think that's a really interesting way of, of, of looking at it. So many um, we see so many people talking purely about price um, and and actually understanding that if you go with your own dedicated um, you know small small launcher, you are in control. you know you are not at the whim of the main customer of of the launch vehicle. you know if if there is an issue with their project, will you have to wait? you know, will you maybe get bumped off that launch manifest onto another one, you know, really having that control, especially for the companies who are scaling, you know, a, a constellation. Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a really kind of interesting thing to consider rather than than just price. Um, and, you know, something that you mentioned uh, kind of, you know, at the end of your uh, answer there, I think, you know, you mentioned obviously, really only Rocket Lab um, are out there right now who are, who are active. Um, But we see lots of competition, you know, that is going to be there in the market, but there aren't many successful launches so far. Um, But so what we were really kind of interested in learning from you is what differentiates uh, an offering like Sophia um, compared to some of the other kind of providers, you know, such as an RFA or or a PLD. What is it about Sophia that you're really excited about and differentiates it from, you know, other solutions that are out there? Will be
1: out there. Yeah. So when we speak about the competition, uh, it's we we often mention the fact that we have direct competitors and indirect competitors. Uh, what I call indirect competition um, could be, for example, uh, OTV or uh, biggest lunch solution uh, like the one from uh, ISAR, RFA, the one ton uh class vehicle for example is for me uh, a, an indirect competition because we are not uh, targeting the same market um, we 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 do not offer the same the same solution and in the end we could have some some project on which we can have a, an overlap in terms of competition but we have really different uh, different uh, targeted market uh, the direct competitors are really the one which are uh, all micro line solution like Zephyr, so the one with a 200 kilogram capacity in Leo. Uh, Rocket Lab is a direct competitor. Uh, we have some other competitors like Orbex in UK, or uh, we have also in South Korea uh, other companies in South Korea. So what? Uh, World attitude uh, will offer a different uh, solution and will offer a best solution, for sure, than the other, <laughs> um, is that we, we, we will offer a very competitive price, and uh, we will also offer a very flexible solution, thanks to uh, different uh, different elements, and one which is the most important is a uh, lunch rate that we will target with Zephyr, because we, we, we target a, a lunch rate of 50 lunches per year. And this, you know, is the key to be able to 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 offer all the different advantage to our customer, meaning that when you are uh, launching 50 zephyr per year, uh, you offer a huge flexibility to your customer. You offer them to be able to to deploy their constellation in less than, I don't know, maybe 10 months or 12 months. Uh, You are also uh, this is what will allow you to reach very competitive prices also. So all these elements, you know, um, that that came at the very beginning of the project, these elements will allow us to 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 become a leader on the market. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, you, you heard it here first. Latitude will offer the best solution. Um. So, so don't worry about that, everyone. Um. And you know, as in, in to kind of help you guys achieve that, we can see that latitude are bringing, um, kind of new manufacturing techniques or at least new to, to, to our industry. Um, but things like 3D printing and, and additive manufacturing. Um, what we're really kind of keen to understand, and I suppose this would be an add-on to, to your last answer, I suppose, is, you know, what benefits does that offer latitude, but, but also latitude's customers um, compared to some of the other kind of dedicated small sat launch systems? Um
1: I think if I think the answer is, is almost the same one that the one before. Uh using a new div, uh new uh um, new uh I would say innovation, for example, um will be a way to reach a huge cadence uh and to reach a competitive price, you know. Uh the, the different uh the, the key factors are always oriented to these two objectives being competitive. And being able to be very flexible with a huge launch rate, all the design and development and the decisions that have been taken in latitude are uh, oriented to these uh, three uh, criteria.
0: Perfect, Look, great answer there. Um, and you know, re- really interesting that it seems as though you guys are coming at this from a number of different angles. You know, the benefits that that you can offer the industry and, and the customer. You know, it's not just we're going to be cheaper, but we're going to be cheaper. We're going to be more flexible and we're going to have a launch cadence. You know, it sounds like almost a a weekly um, launch will be will be happening. So the opportunity, as you say, to complete the constellation for your customers, especially compared to the rideshare, where. You know you are at the whim of of everybody else in that project and program. you know that flexibility that you're going to offer is is you know it sounds like it's going to be really, really fantastic. Um, so look, I know we could sort of talk about this for for well, for hours, I feel. Um, but move on, we must. Um, and you know gonna to touch on uh, a subject next, which is very, very close to our heart, um, and I certainly know is incredibly, incredibly important right now in the industry for for everyone. So I'm going to pass over Katia to Katia for our next segment.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Um, yes, absolutely. It's something that we discuss in every podcast because let's admit it, we are recruiters. Um, so, you know, it's no doubt that one of the most amazing things in any industry is it's people. You've spoken about your incredible manager that you've had in the past and attracting the best minds to the launch industry is, you know, arguably a key challenge Um, that the landscape is constantly changing. Um, especially with the, you know, rise of different uh, ways of manufacturing these launch markets, requiring new skill sets, as well as also, you know, the rise in competition as well. Um, So in your opinion, what do you think some of the key challenges are for launch companies hiring at the moment?
1: In terms of um, managing people?
2: Uh, In terms of finding the best team, getting the best, you know, engineering, technical, and commercial people on board uh, a company like Latitude? Um,
1: so the challenge now is that maybe you saw it, uh, we we are targeting to hire more than 50 people uh, at the beginning of uh, 2024. Uh, and yeah, the challenge is to to be sure that we will find the good uh, people, uh, meaning that you need to, to manage uh, in terms of uh, technical competency, but also in terms of mindset, because when you when you come to a, to to a company, I will not say it's startup because we are still a startup, but we are a little bit more than a startup now because we are almost one hundred people in the company. So, but we wish to keep you know this this uh, this mind this mindset uh, of startup because we do not uh, want to become uh, like all all companies which are growing uh, and uh, being uh, totally stuck by by processes and so on so we need to the, the big challenge to be able to find the good person which is able to challenge itself going in uh, in a startup company but with enough um, with enough uh, i would say um, experience without <laughs> remaining really flexible to be able to keep that mindset i think for us the, the most important thing is to be able to keep that that flexible mindset because yeah we are a company we need sometimes we need to change uh something very we need to take decision very quickly uh to be uh, to be sure that we are not uh, we are not missing something and you, we are discussing and say okay next week we need to change uh, we need to change the strategy and it's very important i think in term and it's probably the most challenging part uh, because, uh, because yeah, people in the company need to, to to to
2: have this mindset. Couldn't agree more. And I think that perfect balance between having enough experience that exactly. there'd be a massive benefit to the team, but not too much experience that they can't adapt to the new environment. Plus the mindset of, you know, you're going to probably wear 20 different hats in any given week and you're going to love it all at the same time. Um, and I know you guys are, are based actually it's a beautiful Champagne region in France, yeah. so I imagine that helps find some of the best people. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be quite the easy sell. Um, but I can think of worse
0: of... places to try and attract people to. Yeah. Pay
1: in Champagne if they if they wish. We can pay in Champagne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! There you go, everyone.
2: Find <laughs> me up. um <laughs> So obviously that that helps. Um, let's be honest but what else do you think small launcher companies can do to attract you know a really diverse talent pool
1: um the other thing so we are in champagne region so which is a good thing to attract people but also the 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 big advantage is also that we are very close from paris you know it's 40 minutes by train uh we are very close from belgium we are very close from germany it's easy to drive uh, to take your car and to drive in germany so we are like not in the center of france but we are in the center of different countries in europe which means that if you come from europe you can easily uh, travel to belgium travel to germany travel to luxembourg also and also to uk so yeah it's uh, because you are you are very close to paris so i i think it's a, it's a huge advantage uh, for us um and uh, so this is this is a geographical uh, advantage. I would say the other thing is that what we mentioned before, uh, dynamism of the company uh, also is a big advantage. Uh, being able to to work in the space industry without being in a big group, uh, because you know, I used to know th- this in the past a few years ago uh, when when you wish to to work uh, in uh, in a space company you didn't have so many choices you know it was like iron group saffron or the different agencies national agencies now you can you, you can do a lot of things and uh, even in small companies with a huge uh, huge objectives and uh, yeah so i think this is how we
2: can uh, we can uh, we can attract talent yeah Brilliant. um absolutely perfect answer and i think whoever made the decision Uh, for you guys to be based not just next (laughs) to Paris but in the Champagne region was a genius (laughs) so I'm sure you guys will have the best team in the industry in no time at all. Um, Moving on then um, what we like to consider a bit more fun um, more about the person behind the career Uh, but I'll hand over to Andrew who can go from here.
0: Thanks Katya. look this is absolutely my favourite part of of the show this is where we get to learn a little bit more about about you, uh, the, the person um, behind the uh, the career. Um, so we're jumping into our quickfire round now. Um, 10 questions, um, don't think about it too much. We want the first question that, that pops into your head. Um, we are a bit of a curious bunch. So I do know that uh, this is the, the part of the episode that a lot of our listeners look forward to most. Um, so we'll start off with with a nice easy one. Tea or coffee?
1: Coffee, for sure.
0: I've got to ask: black or with milk?
1: Oh black. No milk, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, are, are you an espresso drinker?
1: Uh no. A, a longer one than espresso.
0: <laughs> okay, perfect. Like I said, we'll start off easy, but they will get a little bit more hard. Um, next one: uh, beach getaway or quiet mountain break?
1: Ah, oh, mountain. mountain, yeah.
0: Fantastic. Um, Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix uh favorite pizza uh cheese just just plain cheese, yeah, plain cheese, and uh do you like a blend of cheeses or just just kind of no, as it comes? not
1: so much, just enough cheese to have the the good taste of cheese on your pizza.
0: Perfect. um are you a morning person or a night owl? night uh what was the last film you watched?
1: Uh wow, well, good question. Uh, it was probably with my kids, so I would say um <laughs> not frozen. Uh, <laughs> this one it was in the past. Well, you know we are we are watching a movie every Friday, we call it uh, pizza movie. Uh so yeah it's difficult. We we I think um so it's difficult also to find the name of the movies in English because sometimes you know it has <laughs> inflated. Of uh, course. Uh, but yeah we did recently we watched um what um y- you know the boy who missed the plane with his family, it's a famous one. Alone. Home, alone.
0: Home alone. Home alone
1: Yeah yeah. So this one uh, fantastic.
0: Is, yeah we we watched Great Christmas movie. film. So so it sounds like that was Home Alone 2. Uh
1: yeah, yeah, there is a an a two and Another one, no? I, I,
0: I'll honest, I, one is I think it. there's. will be honest. I think there's. five or so now. But I'll be honest. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I've I, only I watched watch the first one. I've only watched the first two. Um, yeah. And personally, for me, I do think the second one is is the better film. Yeah. Uh I I'm, personally, I don't know why, but I've always thought it's the best film. Um, next Friday. <laughs> perfect well uh you have to let me know you, you have to let me know which one you prefer uh, <laughs> so uh, next question um do you prefer a relaxing bike ride or a long hike
1: a long hike
0: perfect um and if you could live anywhere in the world other than the champagne region of course um where would it be
1: um to remain coherent with what I just mentioned, it will be probably in the mountain. In the French Great app,
0: answer. For sure. Perfect. Uh, we're, we're down to the last two questions now. Um, what is your go-to karaoke song?
1: Uh, which one? Can you repeat that one?
0: Yeah, of course. Your your go-to karaoke song. Ah. So if- <laughs>
1: Uh, Céline Dion. You know oh,
0: Céline uh, Dion? I know her very well. Um, uh, Any yeah, particular?
1: French, the French singer uh, Pour Que Tu m'aimes Encore uh, I think is the one I I listened so many times when I was young. But yeah, that one.
0: Perfect. And look, we're down to the very last question now, um, at least for the quick fire round. Um, what would your ideal weekend look like?
1: Ideal weekend will be, uh, I guess, with uh, with uh, my family and friends. Uh, probably, yeah, hiking the mountains and uh, and having good times uh, in the evening and enjoying uh, enjoying family and friends. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, and I see you managed to incorporate some of your previous answers in, into that last one. So. Uh... I like that. I, I appreciate that answer. Um, well, look, We are now down to the very final question of the episode. Um, so Katia, this one's for you.
2: Thanks, Andrew. Um, so for our more regular listeners, you'll know exactly what's uh, coming up now. Um, so we would love to ask you, uh, what one piece of advice would you give to somebody entering the satellite and new space industry? Um I would
1: say be passionate because it's, uh, you know, it's an industry with passionate people. Uh, be passionate and uh, resolute also.
2: A brilliant answer. Um, I've met a lot of passionate people and I think, yeah, that really is the key. Um, perfect. So thank you so much uh, for your time today. It was lovely to hear all your thoughts. Um, great to hear more about Latitude and I can't wait to, to see how you guys grow and develop. Um, in the future so yeah thank you so much for joining us a real pleasure to have you on the show thank you very thank you very much katya thank you very much andrew
0: thank you so much for joining us and yeah we're, we're going to be watching with uh, with eagle eyes for everything that latitude do next and, and for the first launch of, of fear and uh yeah all the best of luck with everything and thank you so much for joining us thank you thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed it please do subscribe and give us a rating It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at wwwnuco groupcom That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.